because I do think it's a good end for people because they're like, I'm having an emotion or maybe I'm also having a thought then. Rather than like, this is uncomfortable and I'm trying really hard to figure it out. Then. Yes. That, that lightness is... going up in front of someone and moving around yeah. and allowing them to like have that perspective on it means maybe they can also have other perspectives on it and it's not like nothing is mm. the right or the wrong way to yeah can you flesh out this pluralism a little bit for me because I don't feel like well maybe you were raised in this environment of pluralism but I definitely was not like there's rights and there's wrongs about getting things but it seems like a lot of what we're moving to is yes this is the case and yes this is Mm. also the case the multiplicity is um, destabilising of authority and so in that like meta affect it's super cool but at the same time it's it could it could either be like totally what artists have been pushing for for a long time or Mm. it could just be a side effect of the internet being a reference rather than books being a reference and wikipedia being updated rather than the encyclopedic oh like the dictionary yeah rather than facts stationary facts are not stationary yeah and then how yeah but I wonder what do you think about that? Yeah. Uh, what do I think about that? I mean, yeah, I do think that, like, I guess I've got a bit of a problem with authority. <laughs> But I, I, I have a bit of a problem with... The way with that is to become the authority, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> um, No, but, like, I, yeah, I, I guess I was raised quite strongly not to do things just because that's the way you should do things. Mm. And I think my parents were both very much... Um, they broke away from their families quite strongly. They both have really conservative upbringings and their parents are quite traditional in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, and they felt a need to go in a different direction from that. So I think that that's definitely been the way that I've been raised. Wait, what are we talking about again? <laughs> I keep losing my strength of thought. Um, multiplicity of information, is it? Yeah, because yeah, this is the thing I think about when I'm making something in the knowledge that I'm going to be sharing it with people is that I've come to be interested in this thing and I want to craft an experience so that you can see what I happened upon. And while I want you to take away what you will, I also want, like I Mm. want you to take away what you will. Yeah. 
but I am facilitating it with an agenda. And I wonder how you balance non-authoritarianism with the authority to make decisions about your piece. And I wonder how you balance the audience's uh, right and privilege to decide their own experience and your agenda that you're making decisions based upon. Mm. So that's a massive question. Yeah. So I'm always skirting this danger of thinking that I know better. Yeah, yeah. And the only thing that saves me from it are that my collaborators pull me up on my bullshit. Yeah, I think that's important to any good collaborator. But I also understand that sometimes when they don't know, I know. Yeah. Like, especially if we're working where everybody's got an equal say in something yeah. and there's a decision that needs to be made because of my um, uh, entitlement or ego or whatever. I've convinced myself that I know. Yeah, I guess I do like... I I like to hover that line between it being two things simultaneously so that I'm uncomfortable with... Like, if I don't know what it is, then I can't blame the audience for not knowing what it is. So it's like, if I put it in a place where it is both things simultaneously then how can I not be okay with other people perceiving yeah. it in from their perspective? Because, yeah, I, I mean, sometimes I've, I've made a work and then I've been like, this is just, I'm just like showing them an idea. This is not interesting. And then I've had to go back and like shake small things up because my work is very controlled. I'm like, it's not, it's not like loose and wild. It's like quite specific, but there has to be enough of a, but maybe if right at the end there's an invitation to look at the whole thing differently. I like that. It's very hard to do, and I don't know if I've ever done it successfully, but I think that's what I'm always trying to do. Is like, <laughs> here's all of this, and then another option of what that was. Yeah. Of what, yeah. Because I don't want to tell people what to think. Yeah, because you don't want to be righteous. Yeah. Because that's a massive door barrier. Yeah, because I don't think that I'm very, you know, I, I'm not very smart. So I'm not like, I don't have all the answers. Yeah. But what a weird thing to think as well, because you're fighting hard to gather the resources so that you can make So that decisions. I can tell people I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or that, yeah, that you... That, every, that it can be both things because maybe that's important that like you know just before I was like I think I have a problem with authority I'm so well behaved I don't have a problem with authority that's a stupid thing to say <laughs> maybe you have a problem with becoming the authority yeah or I have a problem with authority when there's not a good reason for it but I'm so boringly sensible that I usually just do what I'm told (laughs) so what do you do you have an idea or you see something that feels like you're interested in dealing with it and thinking about it and the way to think about something is through process and your process happens to be within movement and time and space and other people and some sad and 
whatever else is at your fingertips. Can you just like step out your process a little bit, or um, it, how do you listen to what you listen to? Like in a practical, what happens when I go into a studio? No, like why do you decide to go into a studio? <laughs> and then, like, what is the decision that makes you think, "Yep, studio time." <laughs> Because I almost never have that decision. Yeah, I mean, I've been really um, lucky the last couple of years. I have had like outcomes already established before I've started, which is a very unique position. I don't think that happens often, and it may never happen again. (laughs) Um, So I've had the motivation of a deadline and of having to make a thing for a particular context. Um, but that usually starts with sitting down and telling someone that that's that I have an idea that I want to do. Mm. So I guess my process begins with writing, in a, even though I'm not at all a writer and I do think that applications and grant writing is a really problematic way to begin an idea. I actually... Sometimes it's really useful. <laughs> Again, things are not always just one way. They're, 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 they're both, both, ways. both things. Because, yeah. yeah, with the last couple of works I've made, I've started with, like, here's an idea that I'm kind of thinking of. Let me do something with it. And then someone has, for whatever reason, agreed. <laughs> um, and that's a starting... What I've written is a starting point. I don't know if that's true because I've always done something beforehand. Mm. I mean, all of my works are just a, they're all just leading on from the one before. So I guess the last work I did is why I, what, what it did is why I make the next one. Or like noticing what it is that happened the last time I made a work becomes the beginning of the next one. So like what I do in the process of finishing with that idea in some way generates the next thing that um, with Sarah Aiken I dealt with that in a really literal way I really referenced myself because that work was about using myself as a subject matter it's like of course I have to go and take from the work before and do it again So maybe just momentum. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, it's like by the time I get to performance, I've just figured out what it is I'm trying to do, so I start another project. (laughs) And that's why the end of your shows is always like, or... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm like, actually, is this even what I'm trying to say? And I go in the next direction. But they're all pretty much the same. (laughs) Until you do a musical. I don't know if that would be much different. Oh, wow, awesome. <laughs> it's already a music. What's your, what's your biggest hope for all of this effort? That...
that I stay interested. Yeah, because yeah, I, I guess like as soon as you said, what's your greatest hope? I was like, I don't really know what I want, but I know what I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to be bored. I don't want to be disinterested. I don't want to not care about things. Yeah. Like that would be horrible. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want other people to not care about things. And I want people to. want to be interested. Yeah. Mm. So if anyone asks what you're doing with your art, you're just going to tell them that you're making the world care. <laughs> I'm so noble. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not for them, it's for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just making myself not. You're making the world the place you want to live in, which is like a world where people care. I guess so. It's you very too. poetical, but... <laughs> Who's how do you deal with the responsibility of being interested because it falls to you doesn't it of staying interested yeah or like what do you do when you're not interested because it would have happened yeah Um, eventually I get so sick of being disinterested that I like either get really depressed or I get really excited <laughs> try and put myself in situations that make me more excited than depressed mm. yeah yeah what are those situations I guess usually people or you know, I'm not very good at like meeting people so I have like I'm not a very naturally social person mm. So I have to try and make situations happen where I will be around people for a long enough time that I can get beyond social awkwardness and actually get to know people. And I think that's super important for me because if I spend too much time on my own, it's very... I'm not very interested in myself. I feel yeah. Yeah but it is the default state to end up in when you don't have um, a regimented schedule of needing to be around other people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like once you reach a certain level of uh, unfitness, then it's a huge deal. Yeah. Walking to the tram stop is a massive deal. <laughs> Leaving the house, deal. yeah, yeah. Especially when there's not yeah a place to go necessarily. Yeah, and unfitness like yeah in, in social engagement, the energy that takes, or unfitness in physically your ability to breathe oxygen <laughs> <laughs> while you do physical activity. <laughs> yeah, there's this um, struggle of the the individual somehow like the ego is screaming out that you're such an individual but and that voice gets louder the longer you spend alone Mm. yeah but it's not it doesn't bring um, like happiness and connectedness brings happiness and connectedness yeah (laughs) and 
yeah, it's almost like your own boredom with yourself has to be a catalyst. Mm. Yeah, and I think that relates back to, like, why do I need to make things and why does my voice need to be heard? It's like the more you spend time with more people, the more you realise that the things that you care about other people care about as well and that makes it not just about you projecting your voice outward. It's like Mm. there's a collective interest in that and that stimulates yeah because I'm not just like coming up you know nothing I do is original (laughs) it's not like these ideas haven't been thought about by heaps of other people but it's the fact that they have been that makes them important because some people might not have thought about them so I'm not coming up with ideas I'm just learning about them and getting interested in them and 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 in producing work I'm learning more about them yeah and maybe taking them out in another way but they're not my idea like no but i think it's an interesting distinction that we maybe should make a bit more explicit is that they are issues for many people Mm. but that doesn't mean that people have thought about them yeah yeah it's like gravity about framing and about like all of a sudden (laughs) you know it's all related all of a sudden i can see that i look like my sister because (laughs) even though i can't see that any other time apart from after a haircut well i just think like gravity is an issue for every person like gravity exists and we have to deal with it but it took until newton like think about it long enough to Mm. write down some possible like proposed rules around how it operates and why it operates um and he wasn't trying to make a dam flow better or like or irrigate crops he was just interested it's just understanding that some something that we just take for yeah, granted there's some things that noticing. we're all dealing with we don't notice we mm. don't give it the, the action of thought yeah it's just the way things are yeah and then he's like given it and probably had the privilege in the time as well because mm. you're not really you don't really care give a shit about philosophy when you're starving I guess but that completely non um, outcome focused foundational research and interest has led to all this other shit Mm -hmm. all this other shit (laughs) (laughs) Um, the world as we currently know it and I I put the same importance and significance in uh, thinking about Social, like the cross section of what you're talking before about um, sustainability and living in the world as it is, and ambition and culture, like social research and thinking about social construct through doing art and then sharing, make, making that into something that can be shared with people. Mm. Like it's all super important, significant, foundational research and. And, and labour that becomes part of then who we are collectively mm. even if slowly like billions of people in the world don't know Newtonian laws of gravity but we are as a world richer for knowing it Hopefully. so good work <laughs> on your last show Sarah Aiken <laughs> Because it has added to the collective consciousness and made us all richer. I'm slightly more aware of me. <laughs> yeah, but of like the proverbial me. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. 
Oh, I see it. Um, yeah, that show's not really even about me. It's like I'm just a tool for talking about exactly that. Yeah, the me. Yeah. Not a uh, me. Is there any um, epiphanies you want to finish on? <laughs> just throw out an epiphany. Yeah, you got one? <laughs> nah. Oh, jeez. Um, That's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> God, so much pressure. Quick, yeah. an epiphany, go. Well, what, what, look, ambition is a form of pressure. Mm. Anxiety is a form of pressure. The pressure to be better or do better or warrant our own existence. What I really felt about when I went on. TPS Nomad actually is um, how am I how have I earned this mm. how have I earned these vehicles and this food and these people and this environment yeah these friends and this health and, and maybe that's like an overhang from Catholic original sin or something like that idea that Everything has to be earned or some bullshit like that. But I do think that... Well, it, I don't know if it's been earned, but it's definitely been paid for. Nice. But not by me. Yeah, on your behalf it's being paid for. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I push back against the idea of paying your own way, because I just don't believe... It doesn't exist. ...that it exists. No. I that it can that. exist meritocracies yeah <laughs> I'm here because a... I worked really hard so no I'm here because of the all the very shit. particular set of circumstances and a lot of other people yeah. not being here yeah and luck heaps of luck but also a society that is built around encouraging me to be here over someone else mm. Mm. yeah it's not it's not a coincidence that I've been able to have such a great experience. Oh, shit. So many. Sounds like you're talking about fate. Or privilege. <laughs> As synonyms for each other. <laughs> like, you are destined, not via your merit, but via your privilege. I guess that's the point of, like, heirs to the throne. If you are destined to become the next authority, it's because of the system, the systemic mm. privilege. Not because you earned it. Well, you earned it because you are the, the child of. <laughs> ordained to. by God. <laughs> yeah, imagine if you chose. There's a bunch of, like, pre-fetal beings. <laughs> Just be like, like them. Mm, I want them. <laughs> them, yeah. Yeah. And if you've been naughty, you don't get to choose. And you end up in a country ravaged by something else. Sounds like you're talking about religion. No. <laughs> Bullshit, isn't it? Or, like... Blade Runner or something like <laughs> any of those old school movies cool cool Sarah is there anything I didn't ask you actually that you would like to be able to address because mainly I'm just interested in how you think about things and then what you do with those thoughts so that you can share them with I wish people. I, I had enough clarity to know how I think about things I could just tell you that but 
I just have to talk shit for a really long time and eventually maybe I'll realise something, realise how I could have said it way more efficiently and (laughs) sound like less of an idiot. (laughs) But Nat Abbott did a really good performance in the toilet at Time, Place, Space. Oh, yeah. Um, That was about spaces and, well, it was about a lot of things. It was about spaces and places and binaries being in the ladies' bathroom, but it was also about talking shit and the importance of talking a lot of crap to maybe, you know, like it's like eating food, shitting, like that's that that processing and the waste and the input mm. is all very important and talking shit is really the only way to figure anything out yeah i mean i think we've been led to think through doing and talking is one of the things that you can do so that you can facilitate thought like it and then there are people in the world like angela go who managed to just think on this trajectory. She doesn't need to act, she can just think. She can think herself in a linear trajectory and make actual progress in her thinking. Mm, I can't do that. Without conversation or something. Yeah. And so, yeah, some people have a writing practice, they write it out, they reread it and they make progress, but like there's still this this, um, synthesis that's happening where the mind gets to look back at itself mm. once it has externalised itself. Yeah, yeah. It's like self being self-reflexive. Mm. Or just self-flexive. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't let up the opportunity for a fun joke. All right, well, I'm a bit bummed that you're not going to end on an epiphany for us. Oh, sorry. It doesn't have to be good, you know. It can be like... Um, I was just trying to think of one. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? I just go demanding epiphanies. Uh, yeah, I guess like why? Why are some milk alternatives still called milk? That was quite an epiphany for me. Like, there's no reason for coconut milk to be called milk. It should be called like milky coconut fluid or something <laughs> that's disgusting i know or like bean milk is not really a milk it's like well, what, a juice it's a bean juice is, is does i guess what's the definition of the word milk is it does have to be a animal produced baby feeding liquid would make sense yeah because maybe like something anything with a milky consistency can be a milk Ooh. yeah sometimes they spell it with a y to differentiate it Really? Yeah, if you're like in a really, um, like really fancy chocolate with cashew milk, they'll spell it with a Y. Wow. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it though. I think it's pretty lame. <laughs> what are you a fan of? Um, I don't know. What do you mean? I mean, what are you a fan of? Like, what excites you? What are you like? Yeah, that's totally cool. There should be more of that in the world. I'm a fan of the tree, the free tram zone. I think yeah, I live two really stops cool. out of the free tram zone, so I'm like not Less of a really fan. a fan of it. You're a fan of the idea, just not the reach. I'm a fan of just getting on my bike instead of the tram. <laughs> <laughs> but is there someone that you're a fan of or someone's work that you're a super fan of? 
You can be your own work. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the show I saw, I saw called Sarah Aitino is dope. I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of, like, the community that I'm a part of. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the biggest payoff, isn't it? Yeah. It's pretty great. Maybe that's just why I work, make work so I can just be a part of it. I've often thought a similar thing. Just like very selfishly, I just want to be friends with these amazing people, so yeah. I have to participate. <laughs> yeah. When I'm hanging out with my friend and he starts lifting weights, I'm like, well, I'm here and this is how we're going to hang out. All right. <laughs> and then I lift some things, then I don't do it for another four months. Because <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> well, just because next time we hang out, we're eating burgers. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll eat a burger. <laughs> this is how we're hanging out. This is how we be together. Yeah, or if I'm somewhere where I'm not surrounded by people that are dealing with these things or that are dealing with dance or whatever, I really reconsider the importance and significance of mm. it as the fulfilment in my life, actually. It's the community that is the fulfilment. Yeah, sometimes. Also, sometimes it makes me so thankful for dance, especially in the context of other art forms. Like, it's... There's so much information that is very hard to value because it is n- not very tangible. And the, whenever I spend time with people who work in other art forms, it just makes me really appreciative of the particular community around dance that is formed, I think, because of dance that is very different to any other art form-specific community. Yeah. So it's, it's not the community, it's dance that builds that community because of this information that we all share that we can't really necessarily articulate, but it's, it does a very particular thing to how we interact with each other and with ideas. And it's, yeah, like often I feel like I'm out of my depth in academic conversation, but it's really nice to then realise how much... I'm, to realise the, the situations where I do have so much information that is totally foreign to, to these people who I'm like in awe of because they're so smart and I think that's really mm. nice to realise that there's so much that we share in the dance world that yeah, yeah. and it's really important information because it isn't necessarily something that can be written in a mm. book or spoken in a lecture it's, yeah. yeah well maybe it is very tangible information it's just not quantifiable yeah maybe that's what it is or like it is implicit through ex- because it is experiential yeah but I remember growing up um, in this kind of Aussie battler syndrome environment where you are honourable because of how hard you work mm-hmm. and you are um, baseline distrustful and suspicious of people who don't work that hard or who work that hard in a way that you can't see. Yeah. Um, and especially that includes um, authority or policymakers or academics or... But at the same time, all of these people that I was working with um, were, like, fixing and maintaining and building very complex machinery and so were incredibly smart through experiential learning mm. because there are some things you should learn through experience. Like, you, yeah. 
I've watched a, uh, an engine um, rebuilt on a YouTube video, but my hands don't know that information yeah. or my yeah. ear doesn't know the information of what's loose within it once I turn it over because that has to be experiential to be learned. knowledge. Yeah. And I think that those like conflicts between communities with different ways of mm. holding knowledge mm. often becomes tense because there is a value judgment from mm. both sides mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. about the kind of information and therefore its value. Yeah. And I think that's a huge problem in the world at the moment is like these two things being pitted against each other rather than everyone knowing that both things are important. And I think in the city it's very easy to think of these kinds of academic information as being of greater importance, but we're both from reasonably regional areas, which maybe... But also probably very differently educated areas. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I just think about, like, last night I was telling Holly Childs about this duet that I've been working on and she immediately told me about a, a, a woman who has written a bunch of shit on it and I got super defensive. Like, I noticed myself being like, how dare she? talk about like men and their cultural interactions <laughs> in words like because i feel like the only thing that i have to stand on to make the show in the first place is that i identify with that subculture and that experience and that it is embodied mm. and that i'm working in a language and a form and a construct hopefully even though it is dance it's still a physicality that has come from that feels more closely aligned to the experience than an analysis of yes yeah. i'm not i'm not putting myself outside of the thing and i am trying to facilitate through choreography and movement an experience that is uh reflective and familiar for the those people who grew up in those environments so they see themselves in me yeah um and so, so of course there's there's like super explicit literally written out information or analysis that this person has and I instantly discredited it as like um, as if it was challenging my own uh, knowledge or understanding or authority to have a say in how I'm being represented or how my father or my son will be represented or I have to perform or whatever. Anyway yeah what a shame but then also shit it takes so long to to understand something through experience yeah and I wonder if understanding can ever really happen without agreeance and if you can ever understand a religion until you believe that religion Mm. and so unless you are on board with it you're only ever critiquing it yeah, or 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 um, humouring it or something in your own mind. Yeah, if you're not if you're not fully invested in the thing, then you then don't understand what it's like to be fully invested in it. Yeah, yeah. Even even like about gun ownership, like <laughs> I can't <laughs> understand because I'm not on board. Yeah. But if I was on board, I would understand. But then that's going to shatter my personal identity. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess that implies that everyone has a full understanding of of 
why yes. why they're choosing to act in that way. Ooh, that's nice. Which I don't think we do. We because that's so social and cultural that we just act because because yeah. it makes sense or it's because that's what you've always done or, or someone told you that's what you should think. Yeah, until you're old enough to just internalize that voice. Yeah, and we're not. Yeah, and stop realizing that it's an idea and just live it. Yeah, and I don't think we're very good at challenging that in ourselves. What are you challenging? Well, any idea about what is what you think, like any of your no, I mean, opinions. Sorry, what are you? What am I challenging? Challenging. Of yourself, of the world. Of myself. Or even as a professional, I guess, as a career artist. I don't know. Mm, I haven't got an answer wrong. <laughs> Apart from just like. One of the challenges I set myself is to be honest when somebody who I don't think will understand what I do asks what I do Mm. and then give them the time appropriate to their level of interest to give what I can to facilitate that understanding if they don't really care then I I won't bother Mm. but like I went to pick up my car because the Mustang had to get tuned because it had a like I put a new crate motor in but I don't know how to tune the carburetor because my knowledge is limited and the old bloke's like 70 asked me what I did and so I told him that I've been rebuilding this car um, but I had to take a break because sometimes I go on tour with dance shows. <laughs> and then, you know, there's the awkward silence and he leans on something else and so I lean on something else because <laughs> the physical conversation needs to be maintained. Um, and then I make the observation that there is more information needed for him to... Um, be okay with it or something or to be familiar with it or to take Mm. authority to feel ownership over that new information or like meld it with the me that just brought in this old vintage car or whatever (laughs) and so I offer up that um it's exactly what he's doing which is being a contractor selling your body's physical labor and then getting paid for the destruction that you're wreaking on your own body (laughs) and he's like yeah (laughs) I guess it's same. <laughs> so it's exactly the same. <laughs> That's, yeah. It's a very particular skill in knowing how to make someone know how to relate to information. Yeah, I would... Like, often I, would, I don't even know how to start to talk about things in the way that I think people will yeah. relate to them. I'm not very good at people, so... This might be, like, a, a stupidly self-righteous judgment call... I feel like that's one of the biggest responsibilities of an artist is to meet anybody you meet, to meet them where they're at. Mm. And, like, that's the power as well, is that the artist speaks with the beggar and speaks with the king. Like, that's the fable. Yeah. 
and so needs to be constantly practicing how they're going to speak with the beggar and speak with the king and that they are both the same people in different systemic results, mm. not because of meritocracy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I guess I spend more time thinking about that in an art context than I do in a social context because uh-huh. communicating with people is something that doesn't happen very doesn't come very easily to me, mm. especially with strangers. Yeah. So maybe that's why I, I'm just yeah, avoiding so. talking to people so I make sure I see. <laughs> in general, I'm not avoiding the conversation of art. I'm avoiding the interaction. interaction. <laughs> I say this, but then I also say that I just like need to be around people and I like yeah. social is the only thing that oh, no. <laughs> But you know, oh, we're very contradictory animals. Yeah. Anyway, I only offer that up as an example of what I'm trying to challenge. And it's not about going into a studio. It's about giving myself the permission to live what I am told is a mutually exclusive life and set of concerns and interests. Um, Yeah, giving myself the permission to know that it's not Mm. mutually exclusive and that if somebody asks, I can share with them that I am doing it so far. That's fine. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Like there's obviously some Yeah, I see. That's cool. Because that's what happens by making shows. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just talking shit now. I do think at the start of this conversation, you're like, I'm not going to have any answers. So everyone's prepared. Okay, good. I think you've done well. I think I've done well. I think everyone's done really well in this conversation. Um, we can finish if you know. Oh, it's quarter past six, isn't it? Get to a show. See a show, PFSS. Is that no P4SS? P4SS. Why? PFSS. Yeah. Anyway, that's true. Thanks, Sam. <laughs>